every Friday night after the League of Ireland games, a place for you to come to give your opinion to vent. There's a little button down on the left-hand corner where you can say that you want to talk. Catch League of Ireland late night, Friday nights at 10 on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky, proud partner of the women's national football team. Outbelieve together and we can go anywhere. It is Thursday evening and off the ball, and as always, we're joined on the line by John Giles. Evening, John. Evening, Nathan. So there is a lot to get through in football from the past week. Uh, we might start with last night and Manchester City at Atletico Madrid, uh, which finished scoreless, but uh, gave us any amount to talk about, particularly with what happened in the closing stages of the game and the bit of a scrapper, Shamozal or Malia, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what did you make of of the behaviour of the Atletico Madrid players in those closing 10-15 minutes? I thought it was terrible, uh, Nathan. Actually, their, their, their behaviour last week wasn't very good at the end of the game as well. Uh, and we had the, uh, the player sent off, as we know, mm. against Philippe, I think, he's in Felipe. Yep. Uh, and he, he just didn't want to go off. I mean, he, he had two fouls on, on Foden that were outrageous. And then didn't want to go. I thought the behaviour was very, very bad. Uh, and I, I think Simone doesn't try to stop that. You know, he seems to be part of it himself, uh, Nathan. I mean, he's done a great job there. But uh, the behaviour usually is not very, very good. But I thought the two matches against City, it was awful. We've seen this type of behaviour from Atletico Madrid through the years and in a way it feels like a, a key component of their success that they're willing to do anything and everything to win a game of football did they go too far last night? Oh definitely I mean you could, you, it's, it's no harm being aggressive Nathan mm. and want to win the game uh, and getting stuck in that's all part of the game but when it goes beyond that and you see players kicking and uh, pulling their hair actually one time last night Again, from last week, I mean, everybody wants to win a match, and there is a, a limit to what you can do in terms of behaviour. Mm. Uh, and I think Simone's team goes beyond that on, on a lot of occasions. Is it in any way a, f- a fair tactic to try and unsettle a team of Manchester City's calibre, who may be one of the most expensively assembled squads we've ever seen? Atletico Madrid don't have those sort of resources that... They need to find a way that's not just in terms of the football they play, but another way of unsettling teams when they play them. And, and this is just how they go about it. Well, the, the, no, there's not, nothing wrong with unsettling teams, uh, uh, Nathan, as long as it's within the rules. I mean, people get stuck in and they can be hard. Uh, you know, there's always been teams like that. And, and, and the harder you are, obviously, the better. But it's got to be within the law. Mm. You know, you can't go kicking people and pushing around and shoving and pulling hair and all the various things that they they do. Uh, you know, there is a limit to it. Nathan. Of course you want to get stuck in. You want players to be aggressive, but in the right way. Uh, you know, not breaking the rules and, and, and being really, really bad uh, and, and obviously encouraged by, by the manager. What about Manchester City in those closing stages then? It, it felt like they didn't massively react. Maybe at times when Foden was trying to uh, roll back onto the pitch, he was inciting them a little bit with that. But in how they held themselves together, Pep Guardiola was talking afterwards as to how he, proud he was that in the face of all that, his players held their nerve. Did, did they approach it in the right way? I think so. 
I mean, if you look at Guardiola over the years with the teams he's been involved in, you've never seen behaviour like that. Of course, they have players that get stuck in, and you need that. But you don't have to misbehave in a way that's mm. just outrageous. And I think if you look at City yesterday, they didn't respond in a bad way. They didn't deserve any of their players to be sent off. They took it, and they took it well. And, uh, you know, Atletico Madrid definitely came back into the game, and, and City were, were struggling towards the finish. But they didn't react in a way uh, that to get any of their players sent off, or nearly sent off, even. There were, well, I was going to say there were a strange couple of games. Maybe they were exactly what we should have expected in that in the first leg, Manchester City just dominated possession. Atletico Madrid happy to sit back, soak it up, and almost did that with the concession of just the one goal. And for an hour last night, it felt as though, again, Atletico Madrid, you know, were happy to take their time, be patient. In that last half an hour, were. Were Manchester City fortunate to hold out, or was it was it good defending? What, why was it that that Atletico weren't able to get that goal, despite the fact it felt like they were quite dominant in the last half an hour? Well, it was a bit of both, Nathan. I thought it defended well, but 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 uh, Atletico had a few cha- one or two chances that they might have scored from. Uh, so you know, City got away with it in the last fifteen twenty minutes because they were hanging on to that one that, mm. that one goal that they had last week, which what that's what teams normally do in that situation. They fall back a bit, they're hanging on to the goal, uh, and they, they they did it. So they got through, which is the main thing, Nathan. And I was glad to see them getting through, to be quite honest, because I wouldn't like I wouldn't like to see Atletico getting through on the on the way that they played the game and their tactics and uh which I thought were 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 very poor and outrageous at times. When you look at the way Diego Simeone sets up his side can you understand why he why he approaches it like that? Like it's been so successful from up against the powerhouses of Real Madrid and Barcelona that when he took that job on, if he if he just went about it in a purely footballing manner, he never would have been able to match them on the pitch. Did you understand with the resources and the lack of them that he's had to deal with? And listen, they're you know they've spent yeah. money through the years as well. That that he has found a way that works for him, even though nobody else really agrees with it. Well, you get you get a lot of teams like that, uh, Nathan. That that play matches. You don't agree with what they do. You don't agree with the way in which they play. But they're usually within the laws of the game. Mm. You know, uh, and and if you're playing the way he plays, and I can understand that. There's a lot of good points to him uh, to to make the most of the players that he's had over the years, because he, as you say, he hasn't spent the way some of the big clubs have spent, and he's done a huge job in that way. But there are times when he steps over the line. Uh, you know, it, it it goes beyond getting stuck in and making it difficult for the opposition. It just becomes ridiculous, really. I mean, that big centre half. I mean, the tackle he had him unfolding. How he didn't get a sending off or a yellow card at least is is, is incredible. And and they they are noted for it for mm. stepping over the line. You know, we've seen teams in the past. Uh, I mean, I play for Leeds United, who didn't take any prisoners either, but and had players sent off, mm. and that that wasn't right. So you have to play within the rules, and the Gladiator can be hard, which they are, and and they don't always behave the way they did in the two matches against yeah. City. You know, sometimes they're okay. That's if they're winning. You know, that that's that's what he, that's what the manager's like when he's winning. He's okay. He's smiling. He doesn't go overboard. But when they're losing, you know, it's it, it's it's a great thing to have. The, 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 what he has with the players to get them to give everything they've got, Nathan. As long as you don't step beyond that that line, and that happens at times with them. So 
they, 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 I have a lot of admiration for them when they play the way they can play and don't go beyond the bounds. But sometimes they do, and they, I think they did, uh, especially last uh, the other night against uh, against City. Manchester City have got the job done over the last week and that they've progressed to the semi-final of the Champions League and they had the two-all draw with Liverpool on Sunday. It's been spoken about as you know, one of the great Premier League matches. Mm. What did you make of it? I, I didn't think it was, Nathan. I thought of the, there were four goals in the game which meant it ent- made it entertaining in a certain way. Uh, but the manner in which three of those goals were from really, really bad defending from both teams... And if you're, if you're going to have a top match, then everything has to be good. Mm. You know, you could have matches with, with 6-6, uh, and, and it could be exciting in many ways. But for two of the top teams, I, I mean, before the match, I fancied Liverpool. I, didn't, I thought City deserved it. If anybody deserved mm. to win it, I thought City deserved to win it. But there were too many goals, three out of four goals, that, that were really, really bad defending. Uh, and I think in two top, top teams, in a, a real match, uh, that doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen, but so it did. What, what, I, I why do you why do you think was, it was, happened? Uh, well, it was just well, from Liverpool's point of view. Do you have this high line? I saw a bit of the match last night. The goals actually. Mm. I don't know if you saw it, uh, Nathan. You know, the the, the 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 opposition scored two goals that went to VAR because of a high line, which is the offside trap. And uh, you know, if you take the the, the 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 goal that Yazoo scored from the free kick, uh, Trent Alexander was with him. And next thing, he's gone, and he's on his own. You know, Walker for one, for one of the city goals, I think it was Mane's goal. Mane's gets behind him. Mm. I mean, how he doesn't see him, I don't know. Gets in, scores, and takes the goal well. But th- these things in a top match, in my opinion, shouldn't happen. And, and you know, if you go, go to the, 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 uh, the match, you know, they were Chelsea uh, and, and um, Real, Madrid. Real Madrid. I thought that was a real game. You know the goals were good. There was they, they were really, really, really brilliant. Uh, if you look at Modric's pass for the goal, uh, a really goal, uh, really important goal, it was brilliant. I thought the the play overall. There was nobody given, uh, despite a lot of goals being scored. There wasn't anybody giving anything away. They had to be well taken these goals. Mm. Whereas in the City City Liverpool match, I thought the goals, three of the four goals, were. were really really bad defending um, and in a classic game that doesn't happen in a classic was was the Mane goal not was that not just quality attacking was that not the ball from Salah that made it impossible for Walker to well, defend no Walker made it impossible for himself in the position he was in when the ball was passed mm. Nathan I mean Mane was always behind him now if he's behind him he's, he's got he's got a, first of all he, where he was he couldn't see Mane so Manny was behind him already. So he could have been five or six yards back, but he's got Manny in his sight. And when he goes to make the run, he makes the run. But it was as if he didn't see Manny there. That's really, really poor defending. And Alexander's defending for the Yazoo goal from the free kick was outrageous, outrageously bad as well. In terms of some of the individual performances, I'm interested in your thoughts on Thiago in midfield for Liverpool because... Uh, the first real chance of the game that Raheem Sterling should have taken, you know, he just completely outpowered in midfield, wasn't quick enough to get back and cover, didn't seem to spot the danger. But then, a few minutes later, pulls off this outrageous crossfield ball that sets up Liverpool mm. for... Uh, and maybe it sums up Liverpool, that when he's in possession, he's outstandingly good and out of possession, maybe there's not as much expected of him as there would be 
of a more traditional midfielder. Where are you on, on Thiago and his importance yeah, to Liverpool? He's good when he gets it, Nathan. But he should be getting it more. You know, he should be dictating the play. That's, that's the position he's in with the ability mm. that he has. And you can pick out that pass quite rightly, which was a terrific pass for the goal. But if you look at, again, I'm going back to defending. If you look at the defender from City, in that situation, it, it was awful. But as far as Thiago says, when he's on the ball, he's capable of doing good things and hitting great passes. But he should be doing them more often. You know, in other words, if you're in the position, like again, I'll go back to, to Modric, and I'll talk about Modric in a few, few positions. He's on the ball all the time. Thiago gets the ball now and again, mm. which means that he's not in a position to dictate the play. And that's what, you, that's what the great midfield players do. If you look at Modric the other night, he's on the ball all the time, hitting a terrific pass for one of the goals. Yeah. But he's always there. He's on the ball. It might be six, seven, eight-yard pass that he gives a tenure. But he's on the ball. He's dictating the play. Thiago comes into it, hits a terrific pass like that, and you don't see him again. And is that just positional awareness? Is it the way that yes. Liverpool set usually up with Fabinho? You know, yeah, it's usually... I mean, when you see... First of all, there's only one ball on the pitch. And there's 20 players, outfield players, competing for space to get on the ball and do it. So what the great players like Modric do, they, they don't... It's not by accident that they get into the right place and the ball is usually coming back, back to midfield players mm. like that. So you can see everything in front of you. That's the, 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 the thing of midfield play like that is the positional sense to, to be able to get on the ball and dictate it from there. If you don't have a positional sense, you're like a stop clock. You, you, you get it every, uh, uh, twice a day. Do you know what I mean, Nathan? Mm. In other words, in Thiago's case, he doesn't dictate the ball coming to him. The ball just comes to him because he's in some parts of the game. In other words, if you stand on, on, the, on the, 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 the center circle on that spot for 90 minutes... You get X, X amount of, the, of possession of the ball, Nathan, yeah. standing there. But what the great players do, they get round the pitch at the right time to be receiving the ball. So they dictate play from there. That's what Modric does and the great midfield players. Thiago doesn't do that. When he does get it in the right position, he is capable of making the pass that he made the other day. But it's only now and again. You touched on the Real Madrid-Chelsea game and the quality of it on Tuesday night. Uh, when I saw the pass from Luka Modric for the Real Madrid goal, bending it with the uh, outside of his right boot in behind yeah. the uh, Chelsea defence. I was thinking of you straight away, John, as uh, you'd be salivating over that, considering how big a fan you are of Luka Modric. Uh, he's still got it. Ah, he's great. He's great. I think if, if in, in the position he plays in, which is a deep-line midfield player dictating the play, Nathan, as long as you can keep yourself fit, now, I mean fit, mm. right, you, you can get better and better. Because the positional sense gets better and better. In other words, you could take the game going. Again, I keep going back to positional sense because there's 20 players on the pitch competing for space in relation to where the ball is. Now, if you see him on the ball, sometimes it's only a 10-yard pass, a 12-yard pass, but it keeps the play going, especially when you're up against them, which they were the other night. He got on the ball, and then the players like Modric are capable of hitting that pass at the right time, Nathan. Is that a difficult pass, John? Not for him. Not for him, Nathan. Once the ball's in the right position, he's hitting it with the outside of his right foot to curve it round the player. And of course, it's a great pass, but not for him. That comes natural for him. He'd mm. see that before, before it ever happened, Nathan. Do you know what I mean? That's what these great players do. They make it look easy. 
I mean, a lot of players would get into that position and they'd hit the ball too hard or too soft or too high or too low. And, 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 and the great thing about Modric, he's capable of those passes, but there's an awful lot of game goes on before those passes come into play. They only come on now, now and again, Nathan. You know, once in a blue moon that you, that passes on. The other passes, like the, 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 the six-yarders, the 12-yarders, this is taken, especially when Chelsea were getting on top. Now you need somebody to stop, to stop that. And the best way to stop it is, like Modric gets on the ball, a 12-year pass here, gets it back, gives it to the right back, gets it again. So when he's doing that, that's taking the pressure because there's only one ball on the pitch. And if he's doing that, which he does, at the right time, now, you know, you could go, like with him against Thiago, Thiago, when he gets the ball, doesn't know how he got it. Modric knows exactly how to get it, when to get it, and then deliver it in the right way. And, and then from that position, when, 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 when you're on top, Nathan, and you're, you're, you're two or three goals, now he can hit the longer passes. You know, the ones that, that might get there, might not. You can afford to do it. Mm. But when you're playing against Chelsea, and Chelsea do what they're doing, somebody has to get a grip of that game. Or else he'd run away, Chelsea would run away with it. And he did that. And then the bonus was laying on the pass to get the goal for, the, for his team. And all the more brilliant for Modric to do it because Chelsea were so so dominant at the time they're leading 3-0 on the night and it was one of the best performances we've probably seen since Thomas Tuchel came to the club and just how relentless Manchester yes. or Chelsea were and for Modric even then 10 minutes from time to be able to produce something like that yes. it's just magic and he produced a lot before that Nathan with the, the bread and butter passes mm. we call it in the game you know, in other words, when you're up against it, his job is to get it, give it to his pass, to one of his players, might be only a 10-yard pass, just to take the steam out of it, as they call it, right? Which he did, right? But then when it comes to making the pass to score the goal, this is what the great players do. They do the bread and butter stuff when it's needed, and then they can reduce that type of pass when it's on. And that's what makes him a great player. I think he's 36 now. Mm. But as long as he can, as long as he can keep his, his fitness... To a fitness, he'll get better and better because the more the, 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 older, the older you get and, expect, and play more games in games like that. I mean, there's an old saying in football, Nathan. There's a fellow that's played football for ten years and he still only knows as much about the game as his first game. And then you get somebody like Modric, and they learn from game to game to game to game. And I guess the stage where they become masters of the of the profession and do the right thing, get the, the short pass at the right time, but always in the game. And making the passes when it's on to make those great pa- that great pass that he made the other day. That's what makes Modric great. So as long as he keeps reasonably fit, he can play for another two or three years. Uh, all our football coverage is brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Newcastle against Leicester on Super Sunday. It's live only on Sky Sports. I did want to ask you about Jesse Marsh, uh, some yes. comments he's made over the last 24 hours. Now, he has made an impact, 10 points from their last four games for Leeds. It looks as though they're now clear of the relegation zone. He was on TalkSport uh, talking about the difference and what he's trying to implement that is a change from the Marcelo Bielsa injury, uh, era. And he spoke about the injury issue for me uh, because one of the big reasons we have felt certainly for Leeds struggles this season is the fact that so many of their key players have missed so much of the season, whether it's Bamford or Phillips or Cooper. 
He said, the injury issue for me has a lot to do with the training methodology. These players were overtrained and it led to them being physically, mentally, emotionally and psychologically in a difficult place to recover from week to week, game to game. Mm. When you look at what has happened with Leeds this season, is there a, is there a certain truth in that? Um, I don't think so. I think, first of all, I found a, 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 an attack on Bielsa was from him. Mm. I think it's outrageous and unfair. And what he's saying is about the training methods leading to the injuries, which got them into trouble. Now, the thing is with uh, Bielsa, Bielsa's been there, what, three or four years, Nathan? Yep. Right? He's been doing for the last three or four years what he did this season. Now, during that three or four years, he took leads from nowhere up into from the second division or the the the, the, the league into promotion, uh, got promotion, and his first year there, I think he finished seventh, eighth, or ninth in the league, mm. doing what he did. That's what got him to that position. Now, uh, Marsh is coming in saying now because of that's what he did, it led to the injuries this year. What about the previous two years when he took them from the, the, the what was the second division? Uh, up in, and having a great season in the Premiership. That's what he was doing. And, and, and uh, Bamford said at one time, uh, uh, Bamford, uh, he scored more goals under Bielsa than anybody else. Mm. And he said he was responsible for getting them into a, the, the fittest he's ever been. He's took Phillips through in the three or four years. I think it's outrageous for a player to come into the club at any stage and criticise the manager that he's just replaced. I think it's wrong. And if, you, if, you, if, you, if he's saying what he's saying about Bielsa, which is this year and there was injuries, clubs get injuries every year, and he's probably been lucky, Bielsa, in the previous years that he didn't get it. But he hadn't been doing anything else this season, uh, Nathan, that he hadn't been doing for the last three or four years at Leeds. And I think that's unfair and wrong. It does seem naive, I think, from Jesse Marsh to make these comments, considering... Firstly, how loved Marcelo Bielsa is still by the Leeds United supporters. While mm. there was a, an acceptance, maybe it was time for a change among a lot of them. I think they all yeah. recognise what he has done for the club and how he has brought them back yeah. and the excitement he has generated. Mm. And a month into the job, to question him you know, and the body of work that he has, it just seems bizarre that Jesse Marsh would bring himself into this level of controversy so early into his reign. Well, he's shown off, Nathan. He's shown, listen, look, it's, look what I've seen. I've seen it in their faces that they're worn out, mm. right? And uh, I, my, my, my attitude, I won't read it out to you because it'll be a bit boring, of my attitude to what, to what I think should be right, right? So he, what he's saying is, Bielsa was all wrong what he did, but I've noticed what the, what's in the players and I'm putting it right. Good luck to him. But you can't r- run, run Bielsa down for what he's done and criticise him in the way he has. And first of all, I think any manager taken over from another professional manager shouldn't make any derogatory remarks about the manager. If he's sacked, he's sacked. You get on with the job in the way that you do. And I think what he's doing here, he's he's being very, very unfair on Bielsa to say what he's doing himself. He's got a long job on his hands yet, Nathan. Mm. And there might come a day when he'll be sacked himself. And I hope no other manager makes the comments that he's making about Bielsa because Bielsa can't react to that now. He's away and gone. And I think it's very unprofessional and wrong to be, to, to, for any manager, new manager coming in, to, to criticise Bielsa in the way he has done. 
and I think he's, he's doing that to give himself another little pat on the back there's a long way to go yet there certainly I is. hope he does it for the Leeds fans sake mm. but I think it's wrong for any manager to go in and criticise the, the manager, manager who has been sacked that they're taking over from it's very very easy to do that John great stuff as always we'll talk to you next Thursday yeah. ok Nathan thanks John Giles there with us every single Thursday night on Off The Ball. If you missed any of that, you can get it on the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky, proud partner of the women's national football team. Out Believe together and we can go anywhere.